Hey everybody, welcome back to the Retail Ready Podcast. I hope you're well, and as always, thank you for giving up your time to enjoy these episodes. Let me know what you think, and if you are someone listening who wants to be on the show, please send me a message and we'll take it from there. Today's episode, I got to hang out with Sean Malligan. We've been following each other for a few years, and Sean is the co-founder of Cooey. Cooey is an all-natural jerky snacking company. Sean got the idea when he was living the corporate life in the USA. Before he knew it, he'd come over back over to Australia, he'd met his co-founder Andy over there, and Cooey has just grown and grown. You can find Cooey in the likes of Dan Murphy's, Woolworths, and various other retailers. They have their own factory in Tasmania and has just grown from strength to strength. It was so much fun chatting to Sean about his journey and I'm sure you're going to get some inspiration and some great knowledge bombs from this episode. When you have listened to the end of the episode, please head over to iTunes and leave a review. But for the moment, switch off, chill out and enjoy episode number 32. Welcome to the Retail Ready Podcast, hosted by Ben Wyatt. Your destination for product development, food trends, and some serious knowledge bombs about the food industry. I'm joined by Sean Mulligan, who is the co-founder of Cooey. Thank you very much for coming on the show, Sean. How are you doing? Great. Thanks for having me, Ben. No problem. No problem. And, And you've got a great story to tell, and I'm looking forward to hearing more of it. We've we've spoke line and we've we've had a chat before and I've seen seen some of the articles and I've even tasted your product before I knew you. And just for the people <laughs> listening, do you want to give a brief introduction to who you are and the story of Cooey and we'll go from there. Yeah, definitely. Um yeah, my name's Sean and I am a co-founder, uh, one of two co-founders of Cooey Snacks. And um we started this business way back in officially in 2013 but launched our first product in 2015 uh, and we make a line a range of all natural healthy beef jerky snacks um we started this way back when i was still working at ernst and young as a chartered accountant and i was training three times a day and unfortunately for me in the office kitchen there was just some crappy old snacks that really didn't sustain me going going through the day and I just was always hungry so I wanted to I was looking online for something that was a bit more um, sustaining higher in protein and I came across beef jerky and I'd had it as a kid but never really thought of it as a healthy sort of snack but I saw that in the US there was some healthier options coming through so I tried ordering them myself that seemed like the easiest way to go about it but you couldn't actually order them from the US at that at that point in time there was an import restriction so I did the next best thing and start, I bought a old dehydrator from online and started making them myself and um, I guess it's sort of like a similar situation to most food entrepreneurs they start it themselves for a personal need and then go from there and I was just eating them myself at my desk um, and slowly people around the office noticed what I was doing and wanted a pack for themselves and then there were other people that wanted to buy it from me, and so I was sort of having a little side business from my office, which uh, the partner wow. seemed to find a bit amusing at the start, but then I think he was a little bit worried that it was taking up from billable hours. So, um, But, yeah, so I was, I was just doing that at the time. Um, and then my wife and I had an opportunity to go 
moved to um, the US. And so we're living in New York. Um, so we packed up our bags. Wow. Wow. The idea sort of stayed just in my mind as something that I thought was very appropriate and that could work in Australia as I was starting to investigate it. But um, uh, it was only when I came across one of my wife's former colleagues, Andy Fist, um, who I sort of knew very briefly, but I didn't really, he, he, he was a runner like myself and um, he wanted to go for a run and he was just finishing from his job at, uh, at Tough Mudder and he'd been in the US for two years now. And so we decided to go for a run around, we live mm. in New York, so I decided to go for a run around Central Park and um, we went for a run. And I, at that point in time, I had stopped looking for jobs and was starting to really look at um, this opportunity as a uh, as a real thing and as strangely enough I had this cupboard full of beef jerky prototypes and um, dehydrators and other snacks that I was looking at Um, so when Andy when we were running around I knew inevitably he was going to ask me what I'd been doing with my time for the last few months and I was a little bit embarrassed to say I was working on this beef jerky um, food startup because I think even now beef jerky is a really strange thing to go from from uh, being an accountant, but mm-hmm. eventually yeah, asked and I told him, and then we ran the rest of the way in silence uh, for, until we finished. And I think when I got back, I decided <laughs> to show him um, a couple of the samples, and he he saw that it was actually something beyond just some crazy idea that I'd actually been looking into it, and he liked it. Uh, and so we uh, left it at that, um, and he and he told me he was going back to Tasmania. Um, he wanted to do something there, something entrepreneurial. Um, and when he was there, it got my mind going like this guy could be the guy that um, I, I start this company with because he seemed really passionate about Tasmania and I knew Tasmania was a great place for food but also had a great beef industry. Mm. So it seemed sort of like a perfect fit. So we, we got on the phone and talked about it and, and he was in. Um, and so I was still living in the US wow. when we decided to um, get our first, uh, well, start the business um, there was a, uh, we were looking how to make this because there weren't really many co-manufacturers doing beef jerky at all um, and none that we thought would be appropriate for us. So uh, we always intended we were going to do it that way. But then this um, factory came up for sale and this this guy had sort of had a midlife crisis and started this small goods factory, brand new, everything was great. But then he decided he didn't really want to actually do it. Um, and so this opportunity came about to uh, a small goods factory. So we hadn't even had a product wow. at that stage, but we decided to go all in and we bought this factory um, and it took about a year to refit it for our purpose with the dryers and stuff that we needed. But finally, we were able to launch our first product in the Launceston Farmers Market um, in 2015. Uh, and that was really just Wow. Like after all the work, like really wanted to see, you know, what the we, we'd been trialing with friends and family, but this was the first time really that we were giving it to the public. And fortunately, like the reviews were good and people were trying it and buying it by the box there. So we decided, you know, this is it was probably too late to to go back on it by that stage, but we were like, Okay, this this has yeah, legs. Yeah. Um and I uh and yeah, and then from that we got our first big break. Um we we were first well with our product it's a healthier product we make it with natural ingredients Tasmanian Cape Grim grass-fed beef um, and so it was more of a premium end thing um, and so we always thought you know health and and people 
um, Andy and I are both into health and fitness, so we thought that was a natural mm. progression for our product. So it surprised us when uh, Dan Murphy's launch system came knocking and said they wanted it in their store in the liquor channel, which was not something we had never really considered. Oh, wow. But that ended up being the first big break for us. Um, and then we ended up moving into um, Dan Murphy's nationally, and which helped us get eventually into Woolworths and then hit other opportunities from there, such as uh, like we were in Virgin Australia last year and in Tiger this year, um, convenience stores. And so it's it's been um, a whirlwind in the last couple of years, um, but it really started quite modestly with just a handful of stores and us going around store by store, door knocking and trying to get the store manager's attention and get them to try some jerky. <laughs> But what that's, a fantastic that's, that's, that's story. That, that is incredible. Sure. And that, that's crazy. And to think that you started, well, even before 2015, that was when the factory was getting going. Like, Have you just seen the growth in jerky over the last few years? And what, what's your views on the competition and how, how you're tracking and uh, trying to stay on top and bring bring the best product to market? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, when we started, there was really only a few traditional uh, brands there in the market targeting the typical beef jerky occasion, which was sort of that road trip um, occasion or blue collar type mm-hmm. consumer um, where the products weren't really made for quality, but just to almost a gut fill, <laughs> which doesn't sound appealing. Um, yeah. It was, it was um, I mean, consider like one of the main brands that they licensed the family guy to be on their packaging so you know that you don't really have a great idea of it being something good for you to eat um but we we viewed that you know when you actually make it right it can actually be uh, a, a really healthy good quality snack and we'd seen also in the u.s yeah. especially when i was there that the market was just um, the industry itself just boomed. Um, like there was a flood of new healthier products that went into the market. Um, the one that comes to mind that everyone talks about is a company called Crave Jerky, and they went um, achieved astronomical growth over a few years and ended up selling their company to Hershey's for three hundred million dollars. So that was what. Um, wow! Signaled the, to the U.S. market that there was a big opportunity in meat snacks, um, and we thought, you know, Australia was a little bit behind that trend, but the trend and the the dynamics of the market were still there. People were turning to high protein snacks; they wanted convenience, um, and certain trends like when we first started, paleo was a big thing. Um, and so our product yeah. itself is paleo friendly. It doesn't have any soy. It's um, gluten free. It's it's high in protein and doesn't have any added sugar to it. So that was something we were conscious of. But since then, the trend has sort of developed further in Australia. Um, and you got like the keto trend coming through, which is obviously um, helping us. Um, and uh, and and more people, it seems, try. Uh, open to trying beef jerky um when we have trade shows mm-hmm. we have like this little list where we, we we tick off how many times people come to us asking about the same thing um saying uh, i'm not usually a jerky person but and and when they say that we know <laughs> that we might have an, an opportunity to, to, to change their opinion because um they're they're open to trying it but even but from when we started it was just really like people were just 
looking at us suspiciously like, what is this? <laughs> Mistaking it for chocolate. Yeah, I'll have that. <laughs> the, the being for a, a, a surprise than when you're tasting uh, jerky, which definitely. is, uh, which <laughs> I just, I, I, I just think all, all the trends over the last few years have just been all in your favour then, apart from from probably the plant-based trend yeah. <laughs> which which yeah, i find yeah. very interesting so you you've grown this business and you've you've got the factory uh, in tasmania and i was speaking to one of your um i'd probably class him as a friend and also a business acquaintance um jordan from mingle a couple of weeks ago and you were part of the chibani incubator program as well uh, how did that go Oh, that was that was a fantastic. That was a real highlight since starting the business for Andy and I. Um, it, um, I mean, we were we were really honoured to be one of the six companies to to go through. Um, actually, five it was um, to go through um, in the first cohort, and they actually. Um, I've been speaking to the team, and they're actually launching it uh, for a second time next year. So. Um, that's exciting to continue um, oh, wow. developing the startup scene in, in Australia in Australia for food, but um, yeah, it was it was great. Like it 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 really um, they were really honest and open to us and really helpful in every dimension from like hard skills like um, developing like a promotional strategy, um, developing uh, you know mm. understanding pricing across channels, but also soft stuff like just how how do you talk and to a buyer in Woolworths, like how do you run a range review meeting? Yeah. Um, and and because they were really honest about <laughs> it, we were really honest as well. And that was like the best dynamic because we could speak frankly about our businesses. We weren't afraid of like revealing too much and getting kicked out of the, the program. Like they were just there to help. Um, and so they were yeah. great. And even now, like it's been a year, almost two years since we started the program with them and um, they're still available to you know, just send them an email or give them a call and, and ask for little tips and advice. And, and that's been really, really helpful because there's just not many people, like when you're starting a, a food startup, you, you're learning everything yourself for the first time and there's not many people you can turn to to say, how do you, yeah. you know, what, what do distributors charge? In, or what, 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 what should I look out for when I talk to Woolworths? And to have those people there um, to just sort of confirm what you're thinking and also teach you new things is is super helpful and so it's really great that they're there that because i mean australia has so many good burgeoning like little companies in food and and in the u.s there's been more support i guess by big companies to 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 grow that and now i think it's the turn for australia and i think that's going to really um, be exciting especially um within this space Oh, 100%. And we and we we discussed this uh, a previous conversation and the amount of products and brands and ideas that the Australian market has, it, it just needs that support. And Chibani is a great example of helping grow startups and uh, in, incubators and stuff like that. And it, when you see the US market and you were over there living there, the amount of cool products and innovation that just comes through probably more regularly um, than Australia, that it's, yeah, some a catalyst needs to happen. And whether that's Chibani uh, with this program, fingers crossed, because, yeah, it's it's great to see the competition. Yeah, definitely. And I, I, I mean, I think as well, like, 
there's just I think there's opportunities for um, Australian businesses to to lead given our place in the region um, you know there's exciting opportunities that we can I mean we're looking at possibly exporting in the, in the near future so I think as an Australian food products are regarded quite highly as a natural and, and safe and healthy alternatives overseas. So, I mean, there's huge opportunity there. Fantastic. And so you were mentioning you, you started at your farmer's market and before you knew it, you were in Dan Murphy's and Woolworths. What would you say are your biggest hurdles that you've felt along the way or kind of the biggest lessons that you've learned um, from, yeah, from starting? Um, well, I guess one, I mean, there's, <laughs> there's so many hurdles. I think that's any, I think any founder <laughs> would, would agree that every week is a roller coaster of emotion. Um, like you have disappointments and huge wins, like, you know, every month. Um, and it's just about writing those out and persevering and yeah. also, also, I mean, persevering to an extent, but also knowing, you know, when to change tack or, you know, if something's not working, be adaptable. Um, and I think, yeah, I think that's that's the, the general gist of it. But I think with respect to us, um, you know, there's been like, like for instance, with, with, our, with our product in Woolworths, we were initially ranged in 50 stores um, lo- sort of locally in, in Melbourne and Tasmania. Okay. And what was hard was because we were distributing direct to store instead of going through the warehouse, um, we had, an, we had a, a, a real issue in terms of making sure that the product was going to the store and getting out of the back dock and onto the shelf and making sure it was well merchandised and all of that stuff, which would be so much easier yeah, if it was okay. going through to DC. And so that was a real challenge for us to, because at the end of the day, you still, we know we have to perform and also we're being judged on ourselves. But if we're not, if we're not, if some of our SKUs are not there or if our product's still in the back dock <laughs> or, and as well as the fact that it's, it was <laughs> immensely expensive to, to send it, into individual stores rather than to a, a um yeah, to DC. But... so like that was that was really challenging but you know we we sort of persisted through that we knew if we could just get through this point that we would have an opportunity to go into the dc and um that it was just sort of a temporary thing so we had to just persist and make the best of it and try and visit as many stores as possible to make sure that our merchandising was good <laughs> <laughs> but that was like, I guess, one of the examples of just, you know, trying to get through and you do everything you can to, with your limited budget and uh, an ability to try and make it work. What would you say your um, your next stage in the Kui adventure will be? You talked on export. Would it be export or would it be kind of further product development? Uh, yeah, I think there's like a few levers that we want to um, tap in terms of growing. Um, for us, we're still in a fraction of like stores across Australia and we think there's still so much opportunity for our jerky within Australia. Um, I mean, we're only in stores across Victoria and Tasmania, so uh, within Woolworths. So I think oh, wow. we're hoping that we can be you know, a national brand in the near future. Uh, we're also speaking with Coles. We just had our range review with them, so we'll find out um, in the next few months whether uh, we have an opportunity there. But I think there's a real opportunity to be, um, you know, the healthier 
jerky alternative. There's always going to be a place for the traditional jerky brands, but we think there's a you know there's a place to be the healthier alternative. And and the great thing, one of the best things that happened to us was when Woolworths told us that we were bringing incremental or new consumers to the category. Um, and so those are people that have oh, never wow. shopped what jerky a great, before. Yeah, that's fantastic. And, and so that's 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 exactly who we're trying to target. And you know people that um, that are looking just for a healthier healthier snack. Um, and I mean for me a big personal thing is to see not your typical like male or person like me eat it but also people buy it for their kids yeah um, and we think there's an, a huge opportunity for the kids lunchbox occasion so we're looking at making some innovation in terms of uh, products in that space um, and um, you know continuing improving our merchandising um, improving our turn in in the stores that we are at um, and you know that includes the big retailers, but also not forgetting the small the small stores that helped us at the start. Like one of those is the Bronte Broth Bar, uh, uh, who's run by a woman uh, Sula Chamberlain, and she um, was one of the first stores to really back us when we were like in under ten stores. And she looked at our ingredients and looked at oh, and, wow. and for like that was just a real validation that if it's good enough to be sold in her store, then it's good enough to target all those. You know those consumers that we believed could eat jerky one day. <laughs> so I think that's also yeah, fantastic. Uh, important for us. Um, and as well as that, like I mentioned, um, you know we're we're um, only a fractional way of getting our meat export license, which is essential as a meat snacks brand to export overseas. We can't just send our product overseas; it needs to be uh, validated by the industry. So um, we think there's an opportunity there. We've already had numerous distributors in like Southeast Asia and so forth um, speak to us wanting to take our product, but we just haven't been able to do that properly yet. Um, so that's something that's exciting for us, especially given the place Australian beef more generally has in, in um, and the reputation has in Asia and beyond. So um, we think there's an opportunity there too. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's what we want to do. And we think there's an opportunity for Kui not to be just a jerky brand, but just to be a healthy snacks brand. Um, and, and that's our goal going forward. Wow. That, that sounds like, uh, yeah, you're going to be busy for a, a few more years to come. So <laughs> it sounds, sounds like a fa- fantastic journey. And uh, just to touch on, because I find find this fascinating when I found out um, that, well, yourself and your co-founder don't actually – well, one, you work together, but you work in different states. And you said that that works, which I find really fascinating. And yeah. so you, you head up the sales and marketing. And how does how does it work uh, splitting the roles between um, you and Andy? Yeah, fortunately, well, it sort of happened naturally. And it was just what we what worked for us because uh, my wife had to work in Sydney. So I, I'm based in Sydney mm. and Andy's based in Launceston uh, and lives there. Uh, and he's a proud Tasmanian of five generations, as he'll tell you. Um, but he, he um, has a really strong analytical background and uh, degrees in engineering and and um, and in and, and, um, manufacturing. So like, it was a really uh, great fit in terms of he runs the whole operational side of the business and manages our team of employees. And I mean, you couldn't ask for a, a better fit and a better partner in that regard. Um, and fortunately as well, uh, we have um, 
our first employee is by the, uh, our production manager now, uh, Dean Hughes, who who came to us when we were still we hadn't even made a product yet, but he had just moved from Sydney to Tasmania and was looking for a job, and he had just previously worked in small goods as a, and he I think he came to us as maybe a 21 or 22 year old. Um, yeah. looking for a new job and he heard about us because Andy was in the local paper and um, he came to us looking for a, a job opportunity and um, we decided because he was the only one that approached us at that time we'll give him a job <laughs> and back then he was just you know involved in the day-to-day manufacturing and stuff but now um, he is in front of the computer all day dealing with our suppliers he's managing our whole team um, of all our oper- operations uh, team in, in, in the Lagana uh, factory. And, um, I mean, he's, yeah, he's been us, through us through the start. And Andy, Andy's favourite thing to say is every, every company needs a person like Dean because he just is the, is the sort of go-to guy that knows everything about the company and is just always there and reliable and dependent. So I think that's also facilitated why we've been able to work in different states um, because we have Dean. But, yeah, it's definitely been helpful for me to be in Sydney as well because we're strongest in our independence in Sydney and we're in mm. companies like and retailers like Harris Farm. So it's, it's helpful to be in another area without having to fly to different states and stuff to manage um, our retailers and, and Woolworths is fortunately based in Sydney as well. So that makes it a little bit easier for a business Perfect. that is cash strapped like us. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, that, what, a, what a great story. And it's, I, I've learned a lot in this podcast and uh, I just, I just want to thank you for your time. And uh, I just think, I just think it's fantastic listening to your story plus all the other 30 episodes that we've done um, with two people from the Chibani incubator, such as yeah, Nick from 99th monkey. And as mentioned before, Jordan from mingle, like it's, you've all got a, you've all got the same traits, persistence, kind of determination and yeah, just not, not letting anything stop you, even though, yeah, there's been plenty of hurdles uh, in your way. So appreciate your time, uh, Sean today. And uh, I just, um, just to finish up, if, if anyone wanted to, to get in contact or even just learn more about the brand, how, what's the best way of finding out uh, more? Um, we well, can check us out on our social media, on Facebook or on Instagram, um, or you can contact us via the website and send us an email. Um, that would be the easiest way. But, yeah, we're always happy to chat and happy, especially if you're just interested to make how, learn how to make jerky. <laughs> We'd be more than happy Perfect. to talk to you as well. <laughs> Perfect. And I can't wait to come over here. I'm, I'm traveling a lot next year and uh, I'm definitely going to have to be booking in a, a, a trip to come and see the factory and, uh, yeah, say hello to Andy. Please do. Perfect. So I just want to say thank you again and good luck with your journey. And yeah, I look forward to seeing uh, the jerky market expand into new and exciting areas and yeah, following the Kui brand. So thank you again. Thanks, Ben. 